Hey everyone, welcome back to the Broken Record podcast. I have two weirdos here with me today, but they're successful weirdos, so <laughs> they're allowed to be weirdos. I'm your favorite client, is that what you were going to say? Loki. Yes, I know. I just wanted you to say that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When you say barked, mm. you mean asper barked? Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you not say boo? I do. <laughs> welcome to the second season of the Broken Record podcast. Let's have a good time. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Broken Record podcast, another episode. Today, I have brought family on board, my auntie Funke, Funke Adewoye. I don't know if she wanted to have this conversation with me. I don't know if... um... No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's your answer. She didn't really want to have this conversation with me. But then she realized that it was going to be quite a wholesome conversation. That's a word, right, auntie? That's it, actually. Describes it well. Perfect. So here she is. And um, auntie, over to you. Thanks for coming on to the broken record um today we're going to be speaking about adoption in nigeria the process and your story essentially so yeah so i should be ready to be open be ready to be open yes I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do and auntie funke just got back from ibadan actually which is where well where we both grew up and that's mm. where i don't know if i can say that's where i met you because i've kind of known you all my, <laughs> all my life since I've kind born, of I've known, known you all my yeah about a week since you were born actually really so, yeah so you're one of the first people to hold me I didn't get that chance for a couple of months but yes what did you first think when you saw me as a baby this is a white baby <laughs> <laughs> and what do you Abs- think of me now well this is a white young uh, lady <laughs> absolutely <hasn't> gorgeous <laughs> and um, I mean you pretty much lived up to to the shine that you had so that's pretty good but uh, gorgeous even as a child and as a young adult so was I cool. was I well behaved though was pretty I much naughty? yes actually I was yeah and what about now <laughs> we'll have that conversation off air <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I was I was actually looking at a picture of you and I the other day. The picture in my mom's cocktail lounge yeah. in Ibadan when we were dancing. That's that's one picture of us that I, I have. One of your mom on doing your hair. Really? I have another one from your first disco part. I have several pictures, Leila. You want to be nice to me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's such well, a thing as social media. <laughs> and you see, this is what it was like growing up with several mothers and Auntie Funke. You were you were kind of just always there. Like mm. your presence was always there and always around us and you but you didn't have your own children and at the time was that more out of choice or was it kind of just the place that you found yourself in in life then that was where I was at that time I mean marriage was something I didn't think of I still don't think of very often to be honest but it was something I love I assumed would come when the time was right I'm one of those people that did everything the wrong way so my first relationship was 10 years then I got out of that and I tried to play catch up with several other relationships. But um, I think I was lucky enough to have people very people of strong character around me who yeah. I never felt anything was missing. There was never pressure to get married. But of course, when you hit your 30s, people start to remind you subtly. You also start to think, okay, Prince Charming, where are you? Show mm. up. So it's never been something... It's something I worried about for a while, I'll be honest. But... Mm. Um, have I lost any sleep? Have I 
being worried sick about it. No, it's something mm. and it's you never know, been forefront. That's what I've always loved about you. I, I, I'd say that's one thing about you that's always inspired me. The fact that you've always just been comfortable and happy to be by yourself. And you haven't placed any sort of worth on another human being. So me growing up seeing that in you, it was always so inspirational. I sort of deal with that statement very delicately because I have several nieces, family, who sort of say that all the time. And it's a great thing to have. I don't downplay it. Mm. It's family is great. It's wonderful to find somebody that is in your corner all the time. However, like you say, you don't really need beyond yourself. It's mm -hmm. great to have others, but you must, you must look to yourself, actually, mostly. That's what it is. So it's mm. a great thing to have, but if you don't have it, it doesn't take anything away from you still. You're still mm -hmm. totally... Complete. Absolutely. That's my sense. So did it ever get to a point then when the pressure just became too much and you kind of just found yourself maybe feeling a bit low at the fact that that pressure was just coming at you, but it wasn't what you wanted? There is that in the Nigerian society. You can't take away from that. I come from polygamous family. I'm the fourth of 16. I forgot about that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fourth of 16. Mm. And um, you do get pressured when all your younger ones are getting married and they're subtle reminders. My mom particularly found it really hard. Mm. And she went through a phase of thinking she wasn't pressuring me enough. My siblings did that. Um, so there were times when, I mean, it was something I thought about all the time. Mm. I sort of tried to date. You, you try and quote-unquote, conform. Yeah. So you're not so vocal, you're not so this. People give you different advice. It's because you're too aggressive. It's because you're too independent. Be more needy. But I found that the more I tried to do all of that, I wasn't staying true to who I was. Mm. And I always thought, I'm a pretty nice person the way I am. And if somebody doesn't see that, it's, it's lost, really. I mean, it's about compromise. You, yeah. You've got to give up a little bit of something to be with someone because we're all not perfect. Mm. However, you need to weigh what you're giving up. It must be it must be worth what you get in exchange. That's a that's a very good point, you know, and always holding yourself to that and not mm. saying that I'm going to drop below that particular standard I've set for myself mm. because I feel pressured or anything to do with that. And you you took it a step further because you said I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to adopt a child because I want to have a child, but I don't need someone by my side in order for me to do this. Yeah, I mean, adoption wasn't my first choice. I did try to have a child. I always try and make clear that that was adoption wasn't where I started from. So when I hit 40, about six years ago, I thought, well, my mom had just died. It was mm -hmm. a high pressure year. What she wanted me to do more than anything else was to have my family. Yeah. And I, I, I always say I was a troubled teenager, so to speak. So I sort of Gave the woman a bit of a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> to, put it, to put it lightly. Like, so in my adult life, we became friends. And she really, really always used to tell me that, oh, what we have now is so special. She, mm. she, she's waiting for me to have it with my child. So when she passed and I wasn't married and I didn't have kids, the pressure was high. And um, I had a few relationships I wouldn't have considered, if not that I was pressured. And then I figured I might as well try and have a child. And... I started that journey very briefly. It was too, it had too much entanglements. Let me put it that way. It the word of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had too much entanglements. It wasn't as straightforward. Mm -hmm. And um, 
so I tried. I, I'm, I'm in a relationship now. I've been for the past almost six years. Great yeah. guy. We like it as it is. That's not advice to you, by the way. <laughs> we like it as it is. And um, when I tried for about a year, it didn't happen. Did some medical checks. The complications were too many. And I just thought, what were my options? And adoption wasn't very far away. Mm. And, you know... A lot of people are scared of adoption, particularly in Nigeria, um, mm. to do with the fact that a lot of adoption agencies don't come clean and there could be troubles in that sense. How did you overcome those hurdles and did you have those initial fears as well? I was very clear from the onset that I had to do it the proper way. Yeah. So proper way meant what were the government agencies, what were the requirements. I checked the battle. Long story, I checked Lagos. Mm. I made a few inquiries. Yes, people would offer you seemingly easier solutions, but um, I think I, I spoke to the right people and they gave me the right advice. So yes, it has a lot of challenges. However, I, I just have to come in legal state. I, it's stressful, but they're quite thorough. And when you, they're quite thorough, let me put it that way. So I went to the right people, got the right mm -hmm. advice, and I followed the right process. And I followed the right process, so. That's amazing. And what? let's go back to that very first instance when you decided that what I'm going to do is adopt. What was your action plan then? And what was the process that you had to go through to make that happen? Action plan was research, research, research. So what were the processes? First, did I even qualify for adoption mm. as single? As Wait, a single girl. So if you're single, you may not qualify. I needed to be sure. So mm. some states that I will leave out for now, the minute I started making inquiries and I said I was single, they just looked at me like, Which what's states? your problem? I, I have a feeling you're going to say Oyo State. Oyo State. That's so disappointing. <laughs> so Oyo State said that because you're a single I mean, woman. Now, that's not the official statement. But you mm. know when people look at you and they say, oh, how long have you been married? And you say, I'm not married. And then they are confused. Yeah. What's the pressure? Why are you considering this? Mm. Especially in a society like ours where adoption is still pretty much under the radar. Yeah. Because... The people who go through it are afraid of the opinion of others. You're afraid of what they would do with, the, with that knowledge and where they would take you to. So it's, it's not, now we're getting to the stage where it's more open. But yeah. um, it's not the first option for most Nigerians. And when it is, a lot of people still prefer to do it under the radar. The women stay away for a little while so that people think it's your child. And I understand that. It's your own way of protecting yourself and protecting the child. But um, now, so I did my research. Then I decided to also see who I knew who had gone through it that was willing to share experience. And fortunately for me, I had a f great friend. We're in secondary school together. We hadn't seen each other in 24 years. Wow. But somebody mentioned, and she was very open, very supportive. And also in Nigeria, you sort of see also who you know in the system. You, I had to check how could I make this a little bit easier without missing any of the steps without doing anything that would come back and give me issues. So it was a lot of research and then talking to the right people. So all in all, how, how long did the entire process take? I would say from beginning to end took a little under, I would say about two years for the actual decision to go right ahead and then to find who exactly to talk to and how to go about it. But um, when I started the process itself, I had a lot of help. People mm. who had gone ahead had given me links, talked to this person. And I was every, very open to everybody I met along the way. Mm. So even at the adoption office, I had people who sort of 
introduce me to people who, not that they did anything for you, but before I submitted anything, I would check with somebody, this is what I have. Is this yeah. what is required? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? So I'll say two years from the decision to when I got a child. And then she didn't come, no, actually, till when she came home, about two years. Wow. You know, I don't know if that's long or short in adoption terms. That is not bad in adoption terms. Doesn't sound too bad, you yeah, know. It's it, not bad. Because if I say from the from the times I did all the paperwork and gathered to when I got a child, it's that was all in the same year. Mm. But there's a lot of processing clearance from the office that is required tax. Because Lagos is very thorough. They want to be sure you leave here, you pay your taxes. They visit your home. You do a medical. The medical alone mm. can take you anything. We know what general hospitals are like. <laughs> and you, they must be done in a general hospital. Why is that? Because oh, it's Lagos Government State. establishment. Because ah. otherwise you pay your doctor to do whatever. You know, so the it's lengthy. So two years isn't bad. I've met mm. people that have been on this journey five, six years. Wow. Wow. I, but- I know people that have been on this journey almost 10 years. 10 years but if if that's the case what what would be what would be blocking or what would be the barrier for someone to to make to make it last for 10 years i mean for it to have gone on for 10 years so what it is is you'd be amazed that you don't really have that many kids that can be adopted so there's a process they, they need to be sure the child is adoptable which Meaning. means no ties no family ties from my understanding and my research the first choice is to place the child with family so if you found a child somewhere, you could trace the family. The child grew up in the system. Because that way, it, I mean, you realize it, you're complicating the life of the parents, of the adoptive parents, by the child having family that can request for the child at any point in time. Yeah. So from when I got my approval letter, actually, that's where the challenge is. When you get your approval letter, you're going to all the motherless baby homes. And they're like, well, we don't have a child. Join the queue. You don't have the child, join the queue. And I had worked with several homes, even before I decided to go the route of adoption. I belong to a few fellowship groups. Mm. We support where we can. Just something that I've done over time. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a, a niece like you, <laughs> Wanu, who all birthdays, she goes to adoption home. Um, Wanu is amazing, yeah, isn't she? That's, she's done that since age of 16. She's all she amazing. asks for on her birthdays is... I'm going to this motherless baby home. Aunties, I want soap, tissue, diapers since 16. She's amazing. I mean, so it's something that I've always been involved in. And I assume that once I got my letter, I'll just go to one of those homes and they'll snap their fingers and I'll get a child. No. But when you're taking your letter everywhere and they're saying, sorry, no child, join the queue. No child, join the queue. It is a lot. I can. But having had that relationship, beforehand did it help me a bit yes it did i'll be honest did it take did it take a large toll on your mental health i mean not even just the two-year process from when you decided but that just that that entire idea of going to so many different orphanages and then hearing no child no child and having to just try and try again it does take its toll it does and i say this honestly because i also had people that were looking out for me at different areas. So mm. I'd spoken to groups that I belong to, churches, friends who yeah. could influence. So I had a lot of people looking out. But the toll in itself is sometimes going to the homes and you see these kids. And my question was, 
you've got a handful of kids. Let me take one. Mm. And say, it's not, the child is not adoptable. I mean, I, I had to really go and understand what that meant. So it does take a lot of toll. So you need support, which I had from the few friends that I told and my employers were fantastic. Yeah. I could request for financial statements, attestations, anything. I could just say, oh, I heard there's a child has been picked up somewhere. I need to disappear. And the team would say, go on. Even in the middle of a project would cover for you. So you do need that support. And I had that 110%. That's I amazing. I had that. That is amazing. And it's so necessary, you know, because it's it's so hard to go through a lot of things in life alone. And sometimes you you don't even think you need that support. Then when you now have it, you're like, wow, wow what would I have done, done without, without this? You and know? that's just what it was. Absolutely. And now you have a beautiful, healthy oh, just, baby girl. And I recall, I think October, November 2018, when we were speaking and you were so excited that she's coming soon. Oh. She's coming soon. And now she is here auntie what was it like when you got you had her come home that very first day i can't describe it but i can tell you that i think for the first one week or 10 days i didn't sleep wow and i got her in november but she didn't come home till march so there was a process of me going to the orphanage that she was in every single weekend saturday sunday for that entire period when she finally came home. And I thought I was ready. I had Wait, a nanny. Why was that the process though? It's, um, so the, my understanding again of the process is that they need to be sure that you are getting the child for the right reasons. So there's a supervised bonding process that you go uh. through. So when you get a child, there's something they call a care order. That's how long the child stays in the home before they come home and you're allowed to visit. You know the child is yours. And it's supervised visited. I was hoping she'd be home for Valentine. So I already had a twinning outfit, Valentine <laughs> cake, photo shoot ready. But hey, she didn't. Mm. So the process is lengthy. And then the courts are not sitting. Like right now, the, the court system is short. It's, it's just so stressful. Nigeria happens. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to put yes, it. Nigeria, Nigeria happens. happens. But when she did come home, I thought I was ready. I had everything. Dedication, church, dance, everything ready. But a very good friend gave me a piece of advice. She said, kiss slip away for the next two years. And somebody said, two years? Funkesh is lying. Ten years. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But it's the best feeling ever in the world. I can imagine. What's her personality like? Would you, would you say ah. she's very... Would you say you, you find her to be a lot like you? Or she's very different from she's you? She's very like me. She's very... She knows what she wants. Uh -huh. And she's, she's actually an amazing child. Very considerate, very loving. So I think the first three months in the home mm -hmm. really helped because they have their processes. They don't carry a child unnecessarily. You're fed, you're not wet. They put you down. And when I would go there and hold her all the time, they would tell me, her, yeah, prepare yourself for a while when you get home. Because <laughs> once she's used to being held. Yep. So she came and she's, till now, my daughter is extremely independent. I'm Love working it. on my laptop on the dining table. She's watching TV. All she wants to do is look out, see you, say something, and continue watching TV. Wow. But when she wants something, <laughs> she wants it. And when she does not want something, she doesn't want it. So it's 
But that's good. She has her mind made Claire. up. She I love it. Specific things as PJ Maxx and Mickey Mouse. Nothing else. Nothing else. Oh I'm not my. into dolls. <laughs> Mommy, don't try this. I'm, you know, she's strong-willed. Love it. Very kind. Very like considerate. You. Likes her own space. So she, you take her to a party and she doesn't mix with any child at first. And then at her own pace, she decides, okay, I like this one. She looks cute. <laughs> and then she goes there. I don't know why that sounds a bit like me. It does actually sound like you, actually. Oh, I love to hear it. Um, what What was it like, though? Um, let, let me say the first month of her coming home. Was it difficult for her or was it an easy transition? I think it was easy because she was familiar with me already. I went there, like I said, every single weekend, yeah. public holiday, twice a week. I mean, normally when you go to these homes, mm -hmm. they don't let everybody into the inner room. So there's like a waiting area. But this was, I would just come and stroll in. Mm. I would pick up the kids. I was like a volunteer worker type thing. Because you're, you're, you, that's the way you've always been. I, I mean, mm. and these kids, uh, you don't even want to know what the homes go through. That's another challenge. I don't know how they do their funding. And even the ones that are the lucky motherless baby home you think is in Lekki, they get a lot of things. But you now have to ask, what do they get? What do they need? Mm. They're very huge difference. Very true. Very different things at times, you know. So we, it's your birthday, you go there with cake and drinks. But they're babies. So they're needing fruits. They're needing yeah. things that people can overlook. Mm -hmm. The first month, I think she did very good. Very good. She coped well. I was ready, like I said. I had everything. I didn't sleep much. I was there checking out every sigh, sound. But I think she settled in nicely, to, to be honest. And that first month, I was also very selfish. I didn't let a lot of people come in. It was just me and my daughter knowing each other and bonding. That's amazing. To have that connection and to grow in that mm. as well must be such an amazing thing. It is. I, I'm, I'm just so happy for you, Auntie. I really am. And, you know, thinking of the future as well, do you have any fears in terms of like when she gets older? Have you had thoughts about like conversations around adoption? I, I don't I don't know. It's a very sensitive area to also touch on. Um, it's something a lot of people have asked me and that's why I'm talking now. And mm. the first thing for me that I said that there's no secret about it. Yeah. I'm going to tell her straight up as soon as she's able to understand I searched high and low for you. Mm -hmm. It was you that I sought out for yeah. and I got you. And at the same time I also don't want anybody having power of information over her that she doesn't have. I met a lady during the process who said something very interesting to me. She said she wanted girls. So the legal system is that if you're single you can only adopt same sex as you. Okay. Okay, yes. now that I need to try and understand. I think it's to minimize, I don't know, I, I don't claim to understand all of it, but... Pedophilia? Abuse of some sort, I, I think that's what it is. But if you're single, they have no problem so long as you can care for a child. You know why that worries me? It's like you shouldn't be giving a child, you shouldn't be letting a child get adopted by a family or someone, an individual that you can see has those traits. You, you know what I mean? Like, you see, is, that, is this not why you have the fishing out process We're beforehand? all very good at putting up appearances, I've found. Yeah, so, that's so true as well. I, I, there's some chances I don't take. Male, female. I don't take the chances because we know abuse can be either way. And I can yeah. tell you a few stories about you. The car, when you guys were in school, your mom's, the house, so you had to get from the house to your mom's office and then to school. Mm. But when it was time to pick you up, the driver would first go back home, pick up the nanny, mm. go past the office and go and pick you up in school. 
because your mom would never ever leave your cars in car in the car with the driver. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just those things as a parent, That's you so sort true. of don't leave room. You're not even saying, can I trust this person? You don't even just create the chance. Auntie Funke, even up until my mom died in her house, we had, so there was a maid that would come twice a week just to clean. You know, my mom, she didn't mm-hmm. like having anyone full time in the house. Yeah, come to clean twice a week and cook. And then there was the guy that would come to do the clothes washing. My mom said he does not enter the house. He does the washing outside. If he needs to iron, he can connect the electricity to inside. Sock, but he will stay outside. And today when I was at work, I was so tired and... Um, one of the producers said to me, maybe you need to get a driver. And I was like, I really won't get a driver in Lagos. So that's the last That's the last thing I will do. And he said, why? And I was like, because I just don't feel comfortable sitting in the car with a strange man driving me. I'm, I'm sorry, anything can happen. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. It's just not my comfort zone. Well, and if it's not your comfort zone, you can't force it. But mm. that's just how it is that you, I mean, and when you read the news, this is my God, there's so much sick stuff going on. So I suppose for Lagos State, they do the checks as best as they can. But that condition, I think it works. So if you're single, you get the same sex as you. If you're married, then you have the option to choose either sex. I kind of agree with it also. You know, I can see the logic when when you put it in the way that you do, especially when we are living in a country where so many forms of abuse are far too prevalent. You have to look at your reality and say, what, What's is, the best? what is the best thing here? So to be honest, now that you have said it in that way, I do see the sense in it to an that, extent. That's, it's, that's, just a, it's just disappointing that it has to be that way, you know? Well, it is, but then, like I said, I mean, part of my research initially was to do all of that. And to be honest, I wanted a girl child, so mm. for me. The only difference was I wanted a child that was two to five. That was what my application said. Ah. And I remember at my interview when they asked me why, because you've got to do a physical interview as well. I'm like, well, I want to s- skip the sleepless night <laughs> and just move straight to the stage. <laughs> skip the pampers. Yeah, <laughs> let's just drop her in school in the morning, pick her up type thing. And... um well, I got a child that was about two weeks old when we were paired. She was two weeks old when you were paired? We estimate she was about that age because, wow. I mean, these kids are picked up from the most appalling conditions. The doctor couldn't exactly pinpoint her age, but he put her anywhere from five days to two weeks. Wow. So did you choose her birthday? Yes. Now I would love to know that. What did you no, choose? No, let me And tell why? It's very interesting because wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't the one that chose. So I have another niece, Wanu. No, Wura, the Wura, yeah. Wura. Wura is Wanu's sister. Y- yes. Yeah. And um, I remember when I called to tell her that, because, I mean, they knew about the process. I'm like, oh, I got a child. And she was so excited. It's like, and the first thing she asked, Auntie, can we pick her birthday? And I'm like, Aww. of all the requests. I'm like, yeah, because we don't have a day. Auntie, can I, can I pick the birthday? I'm like, okay. And she said, November 16th. Okay, so I got her November 23rd. And remember, we had a window for a likely age. So yeah. 16 worked. And I'm like, why that date? And mm. she's like, if I ever could pick my birthday, I would pick that date. You know what I love? That means that Kie is a Sagittarius, yes. just like me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and the date also had another special meaning for me because I have two friends, Yetunde and Fumi, who we've been friends since forever, since year one. And even though Yeye and I were not on speaking terms then, November 16th is her birthday. So I wanted to tie my daughter to all the people that were important to me. So she had November 16th. My other friend Fumi bears the same name with my mom, Olufumilayo. Her English name is Diana from your mom. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you told me that. Yes. 
Diane is how we pronounce it. Yeah. But for me, I also, I mean, when she said November 16th, I thought, wow, that's Yeye's birthday. That's brilliant. I already knew from that I was going to be part of her name. I already mm-hmm. knew her English name. Mm-hmm. And even though my mom had passed, I didn't want Yetunde also as part of the name. So for me, I could tie to everybody. And the way where Amazing. I came up with it was, she's like, auntie, if I could choose my date, that would be it. You know what? Her actual birthday is probably November 16th. I guess so, because it was all just too freaky. Honestly. <laughs> and you know what's so funny as well? Like when you describe her, she's such a Sagittarius. No, she's absolutely she is true and a true. stark Sagittarius. True. No, no doubt about that. True. Wow. That is amazing. True and true. Absolutely. Wow. So why did you choose to name her Kie? Actually, what's the full name for Kie? Kie is Anolua Kie. Kie. And it's, if you translate it to English directly, it means God's mercies, they don't shift, they don't shake, they're solid. Kia is something that is strong, doesn't bend. Wow. And ages ago, the name wasn't mine originally. I have this friend who has a daughter and her daughter's name is Ademolua Kia, which is God's promises don't shift. Mm. Always loved the name. And Riole, I haven't spoken to Riole in God knows how long. Her daughter must be a teenager by now. But the name stayed in my head. And I always knew that when I had a daughter, I was going to give her that name. So the name was waiting. It was the other additions that I had. It. Yeah. And that name was kind of long. So mm. I just figured, Anulua. Yeah. And that was, I knew the name right from. And it's such a beautiful, 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 beautiful name. name. Honestly. So she's called Kie for short. Or some people call her Ki. Oh. K-double-I. Because the spell Kie is K-double-I-Y-E. Mm-hmm. Like that. Wow. I am, I, I'm really, you know, I haven't met her yet. No, I'm haven't. really looking forward to meeting her. <laughs> and Auntie, I'll take us into um, the final part of this conversation, which is more to do with advice that you have for young women in particular who decide that, you know what, what I want for me is I want to have a child, but I don't want to get married. Or even if I do, I'm not going to just settle for less. And I want to feel confident enough to say I can wake up and decide that I'm still going to make these decisions and I don't have to feel like I have to hold back for any reason. So I'll tread carefully on that a little bit because we all have to settle for something. You just really have to decide what it is you're settling for. Mm. And I tell you, my first advice to young women is this. Get married early, have kids early. If you want to get married. If you want to get married. Yeah. If you want to have kids, do it all early. I'm 46. I'm chasing a 20-month old child. It's exhausting. You know, you I like every time every time I remember that you're 46, I just want to blow my head <laughs> off because <laughs> I wish this was a visual podcast where you could see Auntie Funke right now. But you will. I'll post a picture of her. Auntie I'm Funke. Exhausted. You do not look a day, oh, babe, a day over 30. So exhausted. You don't believe how much. So I tell young people, do these things early. Because also when I started to do the medical checks, you find that after a certain age, your eggs are on the decline. There's so much going on in the female body mm. that our society doesn't pay attention to. And if you do decide to go the route of adoption, it's not easy. And it's not for anyone. Everyone. Let me change mm. that. It's not for everyone. It's a mental conditioning that you go through. And I know many people that I think should have done so that they say I simply can't. And it's their reality. But I think whatever it is you want to do, you need to start early. And that's it really because when I talk to women in their 40s that are, that are unmarried or that were married and are now single everybody's regrets most of the regrets is not that I'm not married mm. is that I'm alone I don't have a child 
And also tell young people, don't be scared of, oh, I got pregnant, it wasn't planned, I'm going to do this. Please don't. Don't be afraid to have a child. If you don't, if you don't plan for it and it happens, do you know what? The world won't stop. Have your child. Have you, I've made some decisions in my younger days that I really, in retrospect, I shouldn't have. And I tell everybody that don't be afraid of anything. And mm. for me, it was that fear of oh my God. Everybody always used to say, yes, this life you're on. You drink, you go to parties. And, and the society labels you as something. Yeah. And you're not sure who you are for a very long time. So if you do find out that you are pregnant, whether it's planned or unplanned, I beg everybody, have that child. It's the most beautiful thing you can do for yourself and for the child. But whatever it is you're going to do, the earlier you start. Mm -hmm. I mean, my greatest fear, I keep thinking that when I'm 60, my child is going to be 15. So I have to start thinking about future. Does that money. worry you? It doesn't worry me as such. That's but it means that when I plan, I mean, 60 and 46, two different things. So it means that I'm now thinking of university, education, all of those things. So every time I plan something now, I'm thinking, okay, how does this affect my child? What can I put in place for her? Mm. So it's really about doing whatever it is you want to do as early as you can. And let your decisions be yours because good or bad, you are the ones, it's you that's going to stay awake all night. You know, Nobody else. <laughs> so let it be what you want mm. as you want it. It's great and to have support, but even if you don't, you won't die, you'll survive. Yeah, that's the most, and that's what I was even going to come to last. I was going to say, have you at any point in all of this said, this is so hard to do alone or does that does that not really come to you? It doesn't come to me because I, I, I have help everywhere I turn. I mean, mm. I got to about on Thursday, 10 hours of driving. Somebody got into my car for five minutes. And I was like, how can you put this car on the road? It's going to the shop tomorrow. 154K after Oh my! is when the car is fixed. So I have help everywhere I turn. It doesn't matter how. Whether family, whether friends, help is readily available. And you find it doesn't have to come from family. It can come from anyone. But I have got help. Amazing. Family and friends. And I, I have that. I'm blessed like that. You know, that's the most amazing thing. When you have that support system mm. around you, it, it makes all the difference. It and does. Kie must be so happy to have I hope such amazing is. people around <laughs> her as well. Kie. I need to get the pronunciation right. Kie. Kia. Yeah, that's it. Okay, got well, the funky it. we're saying is Kia, which most people say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Auntie, I really appreciate you um, having this conversation with us here on the Broken Record podcast, um, speaking about your experiences. Um, all in all, would you say that if someone was to say, "I'm going, I'm going to go through this," and I wants to try and adopt in Nigeria, would you say yes? I'm asking because I've also had people silently, obviously it's it's a hard thing for people to talk mm, about, say sometimes is. I really do want to ad adopt and I do want to adopt a child in Nigeria, but I am so scared of X, Y, and Z, mostly agencies and hiding certain things. And those fears are there for a lot of people and they try not to speak about it as to not seem like they're trying to not adopt from Nigeria, mm. you know? What, what do you think about that or what would you say to that? I would say, please go ahead. The systems here are actually a lot easier than adopting everywhere else because mm. I know I have friends who live abroad mm. and have come to Nigeria to do the adoption. So I would say go ahead, but please go the legit route. A lot of people come with quick fixes on the side. You get that a lot. Sir, so, ah, you're wasting your time. Come. I mm. will tell you in three months. 
it's like I said, the Nigeria, <laughs> Nigeria will come into it, but go through the proper process, which is the government recognize each state has different requirements. But I would say if you want to, please go ahead and just be sure you're dealing with the right people, not somebody who's going to go kidnap somebody's baby somewhere. And once they tell you to pay, just know that there's just know it's over. Yeah, you pay a fee in Lagos. Mm. You pay in other ways to get the process a little bit faster, mm. but um, officially, yeah, it's less than 150k. Wow. Yeah. It seems yours did seem like a pretty seamless process, um, to be honest, which is good, you know. Okay, Auntie. Um, in terms of how people can get in contact with adoption agencies or with the Lagos State Government um, for adoption. How, how can people contact them? The application has to be sent to, a written application has to be sent to the Ministry of Youth, Sports and Social Development. It's Block 18, I think, allows her. And um, one advice that helped me that I want everybody to put in mind is that when you submit your application, it's very important to get an acknowledgement. So mm. you go with two copies and you have whoever receives it acknowledge one copy. Everything you submit also during the process, it's very important. You keep all your documents intact, the tellers for the payments you make, because at the end of the process where you're legalizing. So my daughter came home March. She wasn't mine officially till November because there's now a process of the child being with you and then going through legalization where you get a birth certificate that has your name and hers. They ask for so many things that if not that had been warned from the onset, I wouldn't have kept. They seem minor, but it's important to keep copies and have everything acknowledged. That's a lot of documentation, but you're right. It's so important to ensure that all of these things are kept together. Are there any private adoption agencies that you know of? I know a few of them that handle international adoptions. Because, I mean, like I said, I did a lot of inquiries. There's some agencies, I think three or four, that are licensed by Lagos to do international adoption. But local adoption in Lagos, I don't know of any private establishment. Okay. And also, I would want people to be very careful. You need to go back to Lagos State and let them give you a list. Because when you are cleared for adoption, they give you a list of government-approved orphanages and homes. I've not heard of any private one doing anything in Lagos, but I'm told in other places they have. But I would kind of, that's where all the baby factory type things all those emerge stories, yeah. from. So I would advise everybody to be careful or double check. And I must say this, Alausa is a mess to go to, but they're pretty organized. They know what it is they're doing. They may not have all the fancy offices like we do in some parts, mm. but um, pretty sharp people there. They know they know their onions. I must give them that. And that's the most important part of they the entire onions, process. Yes. And to be honest, you having gone through that and come and you came out after two years or within two years, quite frankly, I two think years, I, I, I can, think that speaks for it. <laughs> I, I have I had help. I still have true, help. True, that's true. But like you said, you know, people that have been going through it for five to so six, even I, ten. I sort of asked for every favor that I could. And I had some amazing people that, that made yeah. the process a little bit easier. I mean, I remember a friend told me at the beginning, Funke, it's intrusive. Mm. You will want to give up. And she was telling the truth. When you look at somebody who's asking you questions, I want to ask the guy, please, what year were you born? How much do you earn? Are you mad? But what do you do? You care, sir. You know, sir. And yes, sir. And that's you just, just bite your tongue. You just have to. But they're amazing people. Given mm. the things they do, and what they have to work with, I must commend the work that they did. 
Well, that's that's good. So, Ministry of Youth, Sports and Development, and social Alasa. development. That's where you submit the applications to, and then when they approve, they take you to the adoption office, and then somebody from the adoption office now calls you, and then they give you a long list of requirements. And when you bring that, they now tell you to go do your medical. Then when you do that, they now tell you to go. You now go and face a panel that is like writing an exam, all of you sit in this hall, it's a leveler. You have people driving their fancy cars, police escorts, you have people who are coming down of, out of downfalls, you have people parking their cars. all of you are sitting in the same room and you're facing this panel that you can see what everybody's being asked. Mm. You can see them in front of you. It was a, I know this is Niger, there'll be some people who don't go through that. Mm. But the, when when I went through it, it was very interesting to see that there was no class demarcation. Yeah. Everybody went through the same process. We all sat in the same room, about 300 people. And then they called you. You have these three, four tables in front with four or five people. They constitute a panel. They look at your form. They ask you questions. What kind of questions? What? Just, I think it was the only way of checking your mental state. So I remember the, uh, somebody before me, had, they had told her, no, they wouldn't give her a child. And she was flaying up and acting up and throwing stuff. And I was thinking, no wonder they said no. Yeah. But when it was my turn, it was pretty, I mean, questions like, so what do I do? I travel a lot. Where mm. would I put the child? How come I'm not married? And I'm like, sir, it's nothing that, it's not as if I decide not, not to marry you. Not by force. No, I, I said, so as if I decide not to marry. Sir, if you have a brother, you can <laughs> hook me up. I'm game. I just haven't found the man. So uh, life is going on while I'm waiting. Mm. And questions like, um, I must be proud. Somebody said, oh, she's looking at how much I earn. I must be very proud. And I said, ah. Uh, <laughs> This money no, is not even enough. Can't stop it. <laughs> is this money is not even enough for me to spend, so I can't be proud on top of it. You know? And oh that was what my. it was. And the, the 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 panel people came with different. Some people came with their family. Mm. Some people came with their spouses. Mm. And that was when I decided to be more open because I went alone, and I found I was one of the few people that showed up alone. Wow. Wow. Did did that make you feel a bit? Yeah, because I mean, at that point, I was still keeping it coded, but mm. I mean, I had. People came, mother, father. It's not as it's not as undone in Nigeria as we think. Yeah, a lot of people came with their spouses, their families, their siblings. It was very interesting. Wow, it seems like a very interesting process. Mm. One that you don't really know the About, full extent yes, of until you're, in it. you're in it. Yeah, but I think this has given a pretty well-rounded understanding of how the process, you know, kind of works. What are you up to for the rest of the day? <laughs> <laughs> We were meant to be drinking wine and Leila forgot the wine um, yes, opener she did. at home. I'm sorry, auntie. No, it's all right. But what are you up to for the rest of the um, day? Going home, working still. You know, working from home is really a scam because <laughs> you don't have any dial of time. But um, yeah. I've still got tons of work to do. I have a new nanny, mm. so helping her settle in and then just spending time with my daughter. Aww. Which is what I do most of the time. Give her several kisses from me. I will, I will. And I will. tell her to tune into the Broken Record podcast. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Um, we have come to the end of another episode of the Broken Record podcast. Um, I hope you found this informative, especially if it's something you've been thinking about. And I will see you or you will hear from me <laughs> next week.